Imagine that your company culture actually connects with company strategy and purpose. What would your Monday morning feel like? How much flow and productivity would you experience on, say, Wednesdays? My guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast helps you do more than imagine this kind of work culture. She helps you achieve it. And she's done just that for Adobe, Twitter, WeWork, and now Udemy. She was one of the first coaches to be certified by the International Coach Federation, ICF. She speaks and writes for all kinds of publications that are respected well, like the Harvard Business Review, Fast Company, Forbes, and Fortune. She's also the author of Reculturing, Design Your Company Culture to Connect with Strategy and Purpose for Lasting Success. So lean in, listen up, and let's learn together, Work Positive Nation. Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey. Work Positive Nation, help me welcome to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast, Melissa Daimler. Melissa, welcome to the Work Positive Podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Melissa was one of the first coaches certified by the International Coach Federation. I happen to be certified by ICF as well, although I was not one of the first. But my coaching partner, Jane Cresswell, was among those first. And my world got a little smaller getting to have a conversation with Melissa here on uh, this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. So tell us a little bit about what reculturing means for you, Melissa. Sure. So reculturing is all about designing an organizational culture in a very active way. I wrote this book because I have 20 plus, I've been around for a while, 20 plus years of (laughs) being on the front lines of leading organizational development, learning, talent management, and really weaving in behaviors processes and practices into our organizational strategy. So that was a lot. But I really believe that whether you're a leader or or an individual contributor, whatever function you're in across an organization, you can help design and build healthy cultures. And so I really wanted to write a book on what it takes to do that. And so many books that were already out there, I felt were either too theoretical or not action oriented. I wanted people to read this and be able to take some actions that they could do right away in their own workplace and building culture. And Work Positive Nation, we love to dot everything. We want to do one thing today that'll move the needle towards more positive work culture. And I love the distinction that you're noting between strategy and tactics. Strategy is really important. We need that to guide us. But it's tactics. It's the behavior that we are a part of in a company every day that creates the culture, determines how we roll around here. 
I also love something you said, because we're big advocates of empowering everyone. So often it's easy to say, okay, the C-suite, the leaders, they've got to be the ones to set the culture pace. But it's really everyone's responsibility in the company to determine the culture. Melissa? Right. I do think you have to have buy-in from the leaders. I, I think that is one of the biggest questions I get all the time. What if we don't have leaders who <laughs> understand the importance of culture? And I think one of the first things to do is just to clarify what culture is and what it isn't. And I think for so long, leaders have assumed pre-pandemic that culture was the happy hour. It was the ping pong table. It was the free food. Mm. And we know that true organizational culture is how work gets done between people. Mm. And so I think just educating your leaders and executive team on how defining and building an intentional culture can help the company be more effective and be successful is what the kind of conversation you have to have before anything else. Because if culture is seen just as we're going to write up a bunch of values, <laughs> it's just an extra, it's an HR exercise, then don't even bother. But if it, if again, the context is we need to do to, to help us be more successful as individuals and as an organization, mm. that shifts where the conversation is going to go. Mm. And there seems to be a growing understanding among leaders that culture directly impacts ROI. And that's a financial ROI as well as all other kinds of ROIs. Have you seen that to be true, Melissa? For sure. Yeah. Tons of uh, studies, a lot of research on looking at the success and even the stock prices of companies who we mm. know are are uh, intentionally not just designing great cultures, but continuing to to build and iterate and, and think about ways that they can integrate those values and behaviors into their organization. I, I, there is a strong correlation between companies who are doing well and companies, those same companies doing actively doing culture. Mm, actively doing culture. I love that. And if I could add to that, actively doing an intentional culture, because all companies have culture, right? It's just sometimes it's unintentional. How do I, I really like what you said, continue building on. I We burn 90% of our fuel escaping gravity. Let's say we've been working on culture for a little bit. What are some of the success habits of those companies that continue to build that positive culture? Mm -hmm. I think some of the success habits are, Continuing to look at your employee life cycle and those core processes that you're using anyway. So everything from the hiring process. So in your interview questions, have you embedded those values and behaviors that you said make up your culture? In your onboarding, same thing, how you develop people. I think one of the things that we talk a lot here about is constructive debate over the past year, because one of our values at, at Udemy is always learning. We have a behavior that is about engaging in constructive debate, but then we have learn experiences that help people constructively debate each other because a lot mm. of people don't know what that looks like. And so there is this thread 
from our value to a behavior to a skill that we're mm-hmm. reinforcing in our development process. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look at recognition. Are we rewarding those behaviors consistently in our performance management process? Do we pull through those behaviors if we're looking at somebody to be promoted? And so I think the companies that are actively and intentionally doing culture well are ones that have embedded those behaviors and ultimately that culture into their core process. Mm, Yes. Yes. It's integrated fully so much so that you really can't distinguish it from any other part, right? It's in the performance evaluations. It's in the financial reviews. And and we see it as a tapestry, really a golden thread woven throughout. You mentioned something that's near and dear to our hearts here in Work Positive Nation that is attracting top talent. What are some great examples you've seen of culture questions being embedded in that interview process so that you know that you're representing the desired behaviors well, the values, the processes in those initial interviews as you seek to attract top talent? Mm-hmm. I've always believed in the power of behavioral interviewing. And so asking questions that get to some of those core behaviors that you're wanting to, to reinforce in your own culture. As an example, if we take the always learning value and we mm-hmm. look at constructive debate, we might ask a question to a candidate around, hey, tell me about a time when you constructively debated a colleague, what happened? What did you learn? What was the outcome? So I, I think like doing an audit of your questions and ensuring that those align with the behaviors that you're trying to reinforce across the organization is really important. And then so much of what we're talking about in in companies right now is skills-based organizations as well. So with that behavior, what ideally are those skills that we want to make sure we see in in those potential employees at our company? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so important because in that interviewing process, it really sets an expectation. Mm -hmm. Here's what we're after. We're after demonstrated behavior and values that are in that behavior and skills that are built on them. And so you're setting that behavior expectation right off the bat. And so I know when I come to, if I get chosen to come to work, I'm part of the top talent that you want to attract. Then I know here's how we're going to roll at Udemy. Right. Yeah. We we can do a whole episode on constructive debate, by the way. <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm delighted to hear that you guys include that because we, we've lost, call it civil discourse or constructive debate, whatever you want to call it, in a lot of places today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think the point of that is just what was interesting is that we, what I often talk about and, and why I'm so passionate about organizations going beyond values is because mm. learning to you and your company as a value and how it shows up behaviorally might be very different than how we think about learning. And so right now we know that the best learning is when we're debating each other. Mm. I worked with a couple of companies who both had innovation as their value, but one company wanted to go faster and wanted to speed things up with their ideas. And one company wanted to slow it down because they just felt like Hmm. they were spending way too much money on ideas that really didn't 
have any impact on the bottom line. And so the company that wanted to go faster created a behavior around, we're okay with version one. So encouraging people to get a prototype out there, minimal viable product. It's okay if it's not perfect. The company that wanted to slow down had a behavior of, we ask each other why. And so in in meetings, that was a signal. So when they asked, hey, why are we doing this? Or why do we think this is the best approach? It allowed people to really think through, oh, maybe this isn't, of, or maybe it's not the right time. So you want to create behaviors that reinforce the kind of work that you want to be doing more of or less of throughout the organization. And that really moves the conversation away from just a value statement framed, beautiful, on the wall. And then in, in this specific instance, learning is better behavior. Now, let's give some specific description to that better behavior and how we roll with that better behavior here. What does that look like? Is it slow down to speed up or is it throwing sandwiches against walls, see what sticks? Right. Mm, boy, that's a huge distinction. Now, that requires a whole lot of clarification, conversation, and as a coach, powerful questions. How can we begin that process? Let's say my company's not even close to that. How can we begin that process of clarification and asking those powerful questions? I think one of the first things any company can do is to start having conversations around what's important to this company right now. What does good look like? What are good examples of people who we think are high performers? What are they doing? What aren't they doing? And start to codify that playbook for how to work together. And ultimately, people will come with, hey, that person's really good at teamwork, or that Bob is really good at innovating. So tell me more. What does that look like? What are those behaviors? And so starting to get into more of those behavioral statements, I think, is key. Hmm. And then pulling the live examples from the current teams. Yeah. How do you do that without creating a compare and compete mentality, though? I think the intent of building values and behaviors is so that everybody is on the same playing field. Everybody understands, okay, this is the playbook. This is what good looks like. This is what we expect from all of you. And so once we have that consistent language, there is that to me is then in in even playing field. I think oftentimes when bias comes in or when we're not considering some people over others, it's because we all are operating under a different set of criteria Mm. and there has been an explicit playbook that has defined what behaviors we want to emphasize across the organization. Mm. And what you're describing this clarification and communication process reduces team turnover greatly because if we're all reading out of the same playbook, we know what the expectations are and we can move forward. So that only increases morale because of the clarity of the goals and the description of the behaviors in the playbook, right? Sure. Yeah. And then you can, you, you asked about how do you, to reinforce that. I think mm-hmm. so much of 
the reinforcement is around highlighting stories or examples and and doing that through recognition. Oh, this person exemplified constructive debate in a meeting that we had when I was thinking we should go this way for our strategy and Josh thought we should go another way. And here's how he did it. So just sharing stories about you know, how this looks in the day-to-day then helps others exemplify that as well. Mm, I love that because that really de-escalates any compete and compare mentality that could creep in there and moves it to a conversation of, Melissa, I really like the way you did blah, 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 that constructive Mm -hmm. debate or whatever it is. Um, And then I can even ask questions of you. Hey, Melissa, what, what were you thinking as you walked us through that different strategy. And then I get a peek behind the curtain, right? And instead of paying no attention to the person behind the curtain, right? We get to see the wizard. And as she did that constructive debate, and that really helps demystify that process and really creates coaching and learning opportunities, right? Yeah. And when people get promoted, you can emphasize, yep, it was about what they did, the strategy and what they drove, and mm-hmm. it's how they did it. And it's really clear that they were collaborative in their approach. They engaged in constructive debate. They were they brought others along, whatever those behaviors are, so that, again, you reinforce and reward mm-hmm. the behaviors that you said are important to this company. And you can't just get promoted based on what you do. You also have to be a good team player, whatever those values and behaviors are that we said we expected. Yeah. So it's how you do it in addition to what you do and and the way you read out of the playbook and execute the plays. I love that. Melissa Daimler is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Melissa, as Work Positive Nation is listening here, what's a website they can go to to discover more? They can go to melissadaimler.com. Okay. That's D-A-I-M-L-E-R.com. Yes. All right. Wonderful. And Melissa has one L and two S's just in case you were wondering how to spell that too. <laughs> All right. In in terms of reducing team turnover by working out of the playbook and everybody's in the same playbook and there's common conversation and questions that grow out of that, that one playbook. What are some other ways that positive work cultures can reduce team turnover? One of the things I talk about, in addition to defining your behaviors and your processes, we talked a little bit about the processes as well and Mm -hmm. making sure the behaviors are integrated in there, are practices. So practices are those kind of daily habits, if you will, that teams do. So how you run meetings, how you communicate, the different vehicles that you use to communicate, how you make decisions. All of those are opportunities to strengthen or weaken your culture. And so oftentimes in meetings, I'll try to intentionally integrate some of our behaviors into that meeting. So we often make sure one person is accountable for being a devil's advocate or you know, <laughs> that we're constructively debating that we're not just yesing every decision. Mm. One of our other behaviors is that 
we collaborate and are clear with each other on what the roles are when we're doing projects. So being super clear about who is the driver, who's accountable for things. So I think there's opportunities in the day-to-day meetings and different types of communication that you have to reinforce and exemplify those behaviors. Mm. I'm thinking that there's a great value and clarity of identifying a role. You be the devil's advocate. I'm also thinking those roles can shift and we can begin to see how each other fits into a devil's advocate role or what have you, because some of us are going to be better at that than others, aren't we? For sure. Yeah. And that's a great point too. I think a lot of the, especially I head up learning at a learning company, so much of the opportunity here is to help each other grow and develop. Mm -hmm. So once we've identified these behaviors and the skills associated with that, we as a team also share with each other, what are some of the skills that we all want to develop and get better at? Uh, And how do we help each other again, much more intentionally in developing those skills. So where did I do well, as an example, in in debating? What could I have done differently? How could I have more constructively argued or given my point of view that might have been a little different to that other person? So Mm -hmm. I I think part of a a good uh, intentional culture is you're learning together on how to consistently develop those skills that lead to those, the kind of behaviors that you said you want. Mm, I love that because it gives an empowering to Mm -hmm. the individual as well as the team to be able to say, okay, today I really want to work on this skill. And so if you guys can help me as we're going through this meeting, work on constructive debate or devil's advocate in the midst of constructive debate. That sounds an awful lot like a coaching conversation, right? What do you want to work on today? Yeah, for sure. One of the things coaching to me is about actively listening and asking really good questions. Like there's so much more to coaching as we know to that, (laughs) but the the main pieces when I think about a, a good coach Mm-hmm. And we have an opportunity to do that one-on-one, but to your point, we also have opportunities to do that in a group setting as we well. We do, and it can be peer-to-peer learning at that point, right? If we're all coaching for results and using that in within the team because we can help each other achieve some new awareness mm-hmm. and then choose an action related to that and then help hold one another accountable for the results as we go, go out yeah. and live that. And so the values and behaviors of the company shine a light on certain things like constructive debate that we can work on. So being able to declare that creates as that most powerful learning style of peer to peer learning. Uh, I love that. So what are some of the challenges that you see Melissa for companies today in putting this kind of reculturing process and practices in place? Yeah. Yeah, It's something we are talking about right now. I think You have to make sure that when you're defining the behaviors, they're globally consistent. So many companies have employees all over the world now. So making sure that whatever behavior you define is understood in different languages. Behavior in Silicon Valley, where I am, we get really 
cutesy with some of the things like hustle harder or <laughs> fail fast or fail fast. Yeah, that's a common one. Stuff. And I remember when I was at working at Adobe, I had somebody in our Tokyo office who didn't understand what I think at the time we had said something like put yourself in another person's shoes. And he didn't understand what that meant. And oh, so because it's a cultural idiom that didn't exactly. communicate. Okay. Yeah. So be really conscious of ensuring the global understanding, making sure that there's no bias in your behaviors. I also, it's really important. Less is more these days. And I do believe that good leaders now are also good curators. Really be clear about Mm. what it is you are trying to say, what it is you want from your employees and your peers. And We have right now 15 behaviors, and I think I would love to get it down to Hmm. eight, less than for sure, because it becomes a memorization exercise versus an execution exercise. I think making sure that you have the right behaviors and there, I know some companies who, gosh, I think they have 40 different behaviors and it's just that just it becomes meaningless because if everything is important as we know nothing is and so <laughs> right. yeah. I would be that. yeah right. there are a lot of companies at 25 to 30 I, I remind people all the time there's a reason that they're 10 digits in phone numbers because that's about <laughs> as much as you can yeah. remember right and so often I uh, when the world was smaller we just skip over the the area code, right? So we were down to seven then. And ICF took their 11 core competencies down to eight. So there's some some great value in simplicity, which carries profound meaning. And um, I I think at the fast pace at which we're moving today, Melissa, it's really nice to have some things. The key to that, and I'd love to hear you weigh in on this, is clarity takes a lot of work. And so that's a huge challenge in cultures today. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think it's active. I've I've always believed that culture is a a verb, not a noun. It's an active set of practices that you need to continue Mm -hmm. to look at. And we're in the midst of reculturing again here at at this company because we have shifted our strategy so much. We're shifting our mission talk about in the book, there's three things to always be looking at as an organization. It's the why, it's your mission or vision, it's your what, it's your strategy, and it's your how, your culture. Mm. And we've shifted a bit with our mission and our strategy. So we now need to look again at some of our values and behaviors and, and what is really going to be important for us to reinforce both that mission and that strategy as, as we move forward. So mm. I, I I think that is a challenge that I think is a blind spot for a lot of companies that they mm. don't think that they need to revisit <laughs> their values and behaviors that much, maybe every five to seven years when over that period of time, so much of the strategy has changed, new leaders have come mm. in, maybe an acquisition has happened. So I just think it's important to always be looking at is it, are the things that we said in how we're working together still relevant? Mm. And if not, 
what do we no longer need and what is even more important now? Wow. That sounds like an annual exercise to look back on what's happened during the past year. How how have we changed from a strategic or all kinds of ways? What has been the effect of change on us? And now how does our culture reflect and support even that change? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't, it doesn't have to be annual, but I think you're right. More and more, I'm thinking that even if you don't change anything, it's good just to review. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the pace of change is, yeah. oh, it's incredibly yeah. fast from quarter to quarter sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. That's a great way of thinking about it. And so it becomes a part of our, if we're doing strategic planning or annual goal setting or something like that, there's the perfect cadence to slip it into. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. I love that. Melissa Daimler is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. MelissaDaimler.com is the website you want to go to. When you're over at your wherever fine books are sold and you buy them, you're going to find reculturing right there. If you want to go to our show notes, we've got a hyperlink built into the title there for you to make it easy peasy for you to just click and go and get your copy today. The Wow. One of the keys here is that integration of strategy with tactics and making sure that our practices and processes and behaviors reflect what we say our mission, vision, and values are. I love that. It almost begs the chicken and egg question, which comes first, mission, vision, and values, or the practices, processes, and behaviors. So if I were starting today, Melissa, to become more intentional about my company culture, where would I start? Mission, vision, and values, or the processes, practices, the behaviors? I would say the mission, vision, and values, because I'm I, I think that you really need to be clear on some of those kind of larger areas of focus. It needs to be grounded in why do we exist? What are we doing? And then how are we going to do it? Yeah. So that that's where I would start. Mm-hmm. That famous question, what business are you in? Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Work Positive Nation always wants me to ask my guest, Melissa, for one thing. So, Melissa Daimler, what's your one thing that you would recommend to Work Positive Nation to start doing today to create this kind of positive work culture? I would recommend that you listen actively for the values and behaviors that your organization has said are important. Hmm in how those are showing up, actively listening to your employees, actively listening in meetings and taking in what, if those behaviors are truly being activated across the organization. Mm. Consistency between our walk and our talk. (laughs) Are you doing what you say you're going to do the way you say you're going to do it? I love it. Melissa, I have learned so much in this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us and thank you for the gift of your time. And Reculturing is the book, so go get your copy now. And MelissaDaimler.com's website. Go discover all sorts of great things there. So when we go to MelissaDaimler.com, Melissa, what do we find? Oh, you never know. <laughs> there, there's actually you'll see a number of different speaking videos that I have podcasts I'm in the middle of putting up resources for people to have to take and Wonderful. kind of think about some questions to 
exactly some of the questions you asked, like, where do I start? Mm-hmm. Um, so find some of those on there as well. Wonderful. Well, thanks for providing those resources to Work Positive Nation as we seek to bring some more good into culture at, at work. Thank you so much, Melissa. This was fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends who are HR and small business leaders so they can do one thing today to create a positive work culture that increases productivity and profits. I'd like to give you a free work positive course just for listening. It's called Something to Talk About, and it's transformed the work conversations of so many people all over the world. Get your free copy when you go to workpositive.today slash something to talk about, and you can start transforming your conversations today. Remember, it pays to work positive.